Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Thank you for your word of life. Thank you that we look to you, O Lord, to quicken us because you are the source of all life. We approach your throne of grace, craving for your holy precious words, which will restore our souls. Thank you, Lord, that you are here to teach us through the power of your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank the Lord. There is no description of the beauty of the Lord and of his majesty. And when we come and we bathe ourselves in worship, what it does to us is that we come alive. Amen. We come alive. I want us to read a scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and starting from verse 11. It says, By you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. Watch that. He said, I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things. And before Christ Jesus, who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, that you keep this commandment without spot and blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing, which he will manifest in his own time, he who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, dwelling in unapproachable light, whom no man has seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. Amen. So he goes into a doxology of praise as he was advising Timothy to take his Christian life seriously, to take the gospel seriously, to take the fight of faith seriously, he began to even look in the future and look into eternity. And he began to picture God as the one that dwells in unapproachable light. Hallelujah. You see, everything we are doing, if you don't look at it from the right perspective, you will lose heart and you will lose strength. Amen. Amen. But there is a part that I want to dwell on verse 3. He said, it is God who gives life to all things. So what it means is that when it says he gives life to all things, don't think only of dead things. Hallelujah. 
we do, we know that after in the last day, you know, when Mary and Martha were sad that their brother had died, and they said, well, we know that in the, the, the in the last day you raised him from there. Jesus, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life, and He raised Lazarus. But when it says that God is the one that gives life to all things, it's not only the things that are dead that He gives life to, but the things that are alive. It is God who keeps them alive, who let it remain alive. Hallelujah. So if we are, if you are alive, if you are that you and I, we are alive, both physically and spiritually, by the grace of God. Amen. If we only say God gives life to dead things, or, or um, if He only gives life to dead things, then this scripture is only applicable to those who are already dead and they are waiting for the resurrection one day. Is that not so? But I wanted to like this scripture also because the God who gives life to all things is the one working in you and making your internal organs continue to work. Amen. He's the one that is commanding the heart, my friend. I know you've been, you've been pumping blood since the day so-so-and-so was born, 42 years ago. But it's not time to quit. He's the one speaking, he's the one speaking to your heart that continue to do your work. Amen. Amen. No holiday, no, uh, what do you call it, uh, no vacation day for you. Continue to do your work until a time I myself will say, okay, now you can rest. Because at that time, I want the innermost being of this person with me. But for now, his body needs you. Her body needs you. He's the one that instructs the kidney. The kidney. Continue to do all the filtering work you need to do. You see, he keeps us alive. And if you have that revelation, you will seek him every day. Amen. You will seek him in every moment. Because we are talking about victory secrets. But at the end of the day, keep in mind that the secret belongs to God. Amen. Is it not in Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29 that the secret things... Let's look at that scripture. Deuteronomy 29 and verse 29. That the secret things belong unto God. Is that not so? Yeah. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the works of this law. Amen. And so as we are learning about victory secrets to enter into a series of victories, we must not lose sight of the main person. Amen. We, our, 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 the series of victories we are entering into are not unto ourselves nor for us. It, it is an offshoot of a relationship. Amen. When you have a good relationship with someone, certain things you don't even need to ask for it. Because, because you are part of the person, it just comes with, with it. Amen. And this is one secret that the devil, unfortunately, didn't know. See, I've been reading the fall of Lucifer. I told you about it. And <laughs> it is mind-boggling the level of deception which came upon Lucifer. And how he did not think that the God who created him and all the other angels probably has some secrets he hasn't told him. Amen. Amen. I mean, if you have a child who, when you gave birth to the child, they didn't know that. And they learned the letters, uh, uh, speaking by learning the letters one by one. And now they can combine B and A and say ba and D and A and say da. And then gradually they learn how to speak. And then one day, when they grow up and they get into a, an age and they can have, what do you call it, a, a conversation with you. And then they escalate it to another level where they, they are not just having a conversation with you. They are having a debate with you. 
Amen. Not realizing that the vocabulary they are using. The vocab- you taught them the vocabulary. It is, it is by hanging around you that they, they learn these things. Amen. Amen. And so Satan made the stupidest, fiasco mistake anyone can make. That he has come to a place of knowledge whereby he thought he could advise God. He could advise God. And that actually, he, his deception went to a higher level of where he felt that he needed to protect God from himself. <laughs> but, but so he, his mind was so twisted to the point of thinking that his rebellion was actually in God's favor because he, he was rebelling against God because God was making the decision that, that it, it was not going to be good for God's kingdom and we need to, that's how he was campaigning to Gabriel and Michael and the others that we need to rise up and actually defend him from his own mistake Amen <laughs> And when he was kicked out, one revelation I, I've seen, I read the whole book in less than a week, I think, or maybe, because I couldn't put the book down. Amen. <laughs> so, one of the things also that I got from it, in relation to the scripture we read before, that God is the one that gives life to all things. You see, the beauty, there's a, there's a place where the worship of God, where Lucifer and the others were worshiping, Lucifer was leading. The beauty and the glory of it. And Lucifer too, he had his own servants. So he had people who were waiting on him. But he didn't remember that it was God who gave them to him. Amen. And so the beauty of his person was so glorious. But then when he was cast out, the distance away from the presence of God is what led to his distorted view. Do you get it? So the crookedness and the, and the, and the wretchedness of his being is as a result of being away from the presence. And so one day there was a meeting in the book that God summoned the all the um, spiritual entities for a meeting to have a discussion. And he sent a message to Satan to can come, Lucifer to can come. And when he was coming, he was wretched. He was he he was crooked and with all his long fingernails and his the way we you've been seeing it in books and movies. That is how he had become. But when he came, one of the guardians at the entrance said, look, we don't think you can be here. Then he, he showed his letter that Jehovah himself said, I can come. <laughs> but when he came into the atmosphere of God's presence, he came back into his original form. Hallelujah. Which gave me a revelation that actually our lives are quickened by the life that is coming from God. Amen. Which is scripture that we read that he's the one that quickens all things. So, so that, so that even, even when it comes to your beauty and your glory, when it comes to the vitality of your life, it's actually, it's actually held up in God. Which confirms what the apostle also said that in, in Colossians, I forget the scripture, he said, in him all things hold together, or all things consist. So then it, 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 it's, it's, like, it's like when he came to God's presence, all his ugliness disappeared. And when he goes away from God's presence, he becomes a crooked, wretched creature. Now, now, we should take a cue from that. That the more we desire God and his presence, hallelujah, Amen. the more our broken lives will be put together again. And so, as we are pursuing these secrets, these are not secrets, ancient secrets of, uh, what do you call it, uh, Sumerian civilization of uh, all these other things. These are all great, but we are talking about secrets in God. Amen. Amen. 
All right. So secret number one is one. Six reasons why you must discover the secret of God. Secret number one. Life and death. Okay. <laughs> Depend on your discovery of the secret of God. Hallelujah. Always bring your book. Hallelujah. Number two is what? Your prosperity depends on your discovery of the secret of God. All right? Number three. The secret of God is given to the righteous and to his prophets. Hallelujah. And what is number four? I believe we covered number four too last week, did we not? The, the secret of God is given at special seasons of your life. Amen. Okay, did we touch number five? We did or we did not? We started it or we did not? Okay. So now let's look at Daniel chapter 2 verse 17 to 23. Prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. Hallelujah. Now before we continue, I just wanted to see something very powerful here. You see, there are six points, right? The number five says prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. But number six says meditation is the master key to the discovery of the secret of God. So it's saying in point five, prayer is the key. But meditation is the master key. Hallelujah. Now you see, the God is not God is not contradictory to himself. One of the things we need to all accept that when you are reading the Bible and you find something that appears to be contradictory, it's not contradictory. It is that the fact that we need a revelation to be able to reconcile it. Hallelujah. In social psychology, they call something cognitive dissonance. How, how um, two, things, two things seem to be opposite and uh, uh, our mind cannot seem to accept two conflicting things. Hallelujah. Are you there? And, 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 and God cannot be... So, so in other words, the, the point number five and point number six are, are both true. Amen. And it is not a question of prayer versus meditation on the word of God. It's both ends. It's, it's like complementary. But, but, but I think a lot of times our prayers are weak because we are not praying the word of God because we don't know the word. And so, if there's anything at all, your meditation on the word would what? Empower your prayers. Amen. I mean, if you take a, if you take a, what do you call it? A, the ammunition is the, you know, back in the day, in the, the tanks that, that can shoot. What do they call it? Amota, it shoots like that. Um, if you put snowball, you made snow in the shape of a bomb and you put it and you shoot it it will shoot alright but it will have no power against the enemy do you get it and sometimes our prayers are like that because it doesn't have the atomic power of God in it because it doesn't have the word in it okay but let's do the number 5 because like I said the two are not mutually exclusive so Galatians 2.17 Daniel 2.17 okay can somebody read it for us please somebody read it for us uh, get a microphone and read for us. This is the passage about Daniel and his friends. He's talking about how to discover the secret of God and having a serious prayer life. A serious prayer life is about having a relationship with God. And if you remember, Bishop during the the um the the, the between the, the the porch and the altar prayer time, he said that our prayer life shouldn't be a monologue; it should be a dialogue. 
Hallelujah. This is a clear example of having a dialogue type of prayer. So shoot. Then Daniel went up, Daniel 2, 17 to 23. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him i thank thee and praise thee o thou god of my fathers who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desire for thee of thee for thou has now made known unto us the king's matter amen amen thank you very much so you 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 see that number one the issue at stake was a very serious issue it was a matter of life and death and imagine if daniel did not have a lifestyle of prayer of knowing the god first of all if daniel if daniel didn't know god do you get it if he didn't, he didn't know god it wouldn't even cross his mind when he heard that they were killing the magicians and the people for not telling the, the king the, 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 the dream it wouldn't have crossed his mind to even cons- and ask the the, the, champ, the the leader please give us time to go and pray to our God it wouldn't have crossed his mind because because if you don't know somebody how can you how can you be sure you know um, I mean that option will not even come to your mind hallelujah but because Daniel knew that there was a God who reveals secrets and 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 how does he know there was a god because he has been it has been his habit in communion with this god hallelujah when you know somebody you know what they they they, they, they can give or what they cannot give hallelujah in later chapters daniel got into trouble for his prayer life do you get it how many times have we gotten into trouble for doing something good something spiritual I remember when I was a teenager, I, have a, I had a friend who was very, very audacious, very, very on fire for God. And um, uh, he, he went to preach at a place in Ashanti Mampong. And he was arrested for disturbing the peace. And I felt that this guy, he has taken his, his Christianity, faith has gotten to another level. Because these are the things we read in Acts of the Apostles. Today he's a Reverend Misa at Assemblies of God Church. And I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> Amen. And so Daniel had developed this ongoing dialogue and relationship with God. First of all, even if you know God exists, but if you have not been talking to him on a frequent basis, to know the temple of his heart. Is this the type of things God is interested in? And 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 in terms of the timing, you know, keep in mind that the people of Israel had been in a in um uh, in, in exile for clo- getting to 70 years I, I forget the timeline when this particular thing happened but they were there for 70 years according to the prophecy of Jeremiah is that not so 
And so, if you are talking about, I mean, when God is going to answer, I'm sure they started praying when they got into Babylon. And if it took 70 years, well, it was, it was according to prophecy. But it's another, in other words, the timing of God's answer is not predictable. You couldn't really tell for sure how long it was going to take for God to answer. Hallelujah. And when Daniel made the request, he didn't actually give a specific time frame. But he knew that if they had given, they had given a chance and he talks to God, he will hear him. Hallelujah. And so, and so, this is about... I mean, I have a friend who was looking for a job. And he told me that he has a relative who works at the United Nations. A top uh, executive at the UN. Uh, a lady. He said that if I pick the phone today and I tell... Because he said that lady... I think it's, it's, it's like his aunt doesn't even know he's around. Doesn't know he's been around here for I think two plus years, done his uh, master's degree and all that. Doesn't know any of those things. But he said, if if I introduce myself, if I can, if only I can master the courage, and I introduce myself to her, and she sees me and she can verify that it is me. This is this is her nephew. I can get a job tomorrow. I said, why don't you do it? He said, I am shy. Because since I came to this country, I never even picked the phone to call her to say, hello, I'm here. <laughs> and so, so it feels that today, now, now, now that I need a job, I find it so hard. Up to today, he was never able to call his aunt. Amen. And so if you don't already have a relationship with God, how can you have the audacity and the confidence that now that your head is now on the about to be cut, cut off. That's when you're going to show your face. No. Hallelujah. And so, you need to, we need to cultivate this relationship with God. We need to cultivate the relationship with God. And this relationship with God, it cuts across the big and the small. When you have a good friend, okay, you don't only talk to them when there are big things. Do you know that some friends, they only call you when there's an issue. I have, I have somebody... I, I should be careful not to say too much. The moment she calls and I pick up, she begins to laugh. Because she knows. She knows that she knows that I know that when she's calling me, there's something. Do you get it? She begins to laugh. So when it was 2019, I told her, I said, listen, this year, let's start afresh. Amen. It shouldn't work that way. And so and so there are two things about Daniel's attitude that he believed in a god who can bring revelation number two he also had a relationship with that god a proud relationship with this god before the crisis occurred do you get it you see all of us i mean i don't think there's anybody here who got born again yesterday right you've been a believer for a long time and i think in the context of revelation for you living how god says that he created us for his pleasure i have a sense that each of us bring pleasure to God in different ways. In other words, you see, God is very, um, like one church member told me, Pastor, I found that God is very complex. I said, you just discovered that. <laughs> God, so, but but the, the reality of the matter is that, you see, unlike we human beings, I mean, I don't know, um, have you gone somewhere whereby um, the people cannot distinguish one black face from another. 
like like in certain circles they see all of us the same that's the same thing that happened to me when i went to uh norway first initially when i went everyone <laughs> I, I i thought it's the same person it took me a while before i could make distinctions it's just like the way you and i see the chinese people you, you think they all look alike but amongst them they can tell the difference do you get it so we may we may see each other that way but to god to god we are very distinct and individual and each of us brings something specific to the pleasure of the father and so and so when we come to god think about it what does god need from us it's like it's like he made himself vulnerable to our love and to our affection and so cultivating this becomes very important and then and then not only on big and complex issues but everyday casual things hallelujah like i told you about dorothy my friend in texas that she she used to pray about everything including getting you know how when you are joining the highway and the cars keep coming and nobody's slowing down for you she will pray about that do you get it <laughs> yes and then the parking lot she will pray about getting a good parking lot and then when when um you know maybe she parks somewhere and she needs to move and come back she will pray lord preserve this spot for me if it's a good spot do you get it so that it is not when a crisis has arisen that is when suddenly you remember god you nobody likes a friend like that now the other part also is that how does god speak to us you see when it comes to dealing and and, and communion with god we must understand that god is not our servant amen, amen. we are his servants we are his children and so and so we don't get to dictate to god how he will speak to us you see god is this great majestic being who has lowered himself to our level in order to commune with us so we must come to god on his terms not on our terms but then in in the course of developing a relationship with god you will get to know different ways that god may speak to you and i have found out that god speaks to different people in different ways there is the standard one like you are reading the word of god and god can speak to you from his word you can hear god speaking to you from the preaching you can hear God speaking to you in a dream on a vision. Hallelujah. But I'm saying that sometimes, depend, for instance, somebody, for somebody who is very visual, okay, there are some people who are very visual, God will speak to you in pictures. There are some people who don't have art in their DNA. They, they cannot see if this clock is, is all the way to the right, they can't even see. God will not use a visual something. <laughs> Amen. So, depend upon your makeup. Because he made you. So, he knows what will work for you. So, so what it means is that you need to pay attention. Because we are talking about the reason why I asked you that we have not, not been born again yesterday. is like in the course of your Christian life, if you've been paying attention, you begin to notice how God deals with you and talks to you. In what are the different ways? Hallelujah. And you begin to cultivate it. I, for instance, I know that certain, certain books of the Bible that God speaks to me from. Like, he speaks to me from, but sometimes he can, he can speak to me from a specific book of the Bible. Even, I woke up in the middle of the night and it's 3.03 a.m. And there's a sense of destiny, like there's a message. I know which book of the Bible to go. And I'll go, there's a verse, chapter 3 and verse 3, or chapter 30, verse 3. There's a verse there that is exactly what I need to hear. Because I've watched it. I've watched that this is God speaks to me in this way from that book. Hallelujah. And so Paul talks about we need to pray.
for the spirit of wisdom let's go to Revel- um, Ephesians 3 no Ephesians 1 verse uh, 15 16 down this idea of talking to God must be normal for us if you were to go to your co-worker tomorrow and you tell them you know I talked to God this morning and he says hi they are going to say you are weird <laughs> amen they are going to say you, you, you lost your marbles do you actually talk to God God talks to you you, you, you mean you hear voices you know let me tell you there's an uh, there's a what do you call it uh, 800 uh, what do they call that at the most workplaces there's a some there's a hotline for disturbed people uh, if if you have an issue you, it's, it's free i mean it, it's covered by insurance you you, you 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 might need to call them if because they don't but, but among us christians it must be a normal occurrence and that and that scripture is my sheep hear my voice my sheep hear my voice so i will urge you make it a point that as a child of god it shouldn't be that you don't hear from how is he going to speak to you sometimes it's like deep within you you feel you hear something hallelujah what did the scripture say okay move to 16 i do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the city. Can you move back to verse 3? And we will jump back to 17. Go to verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. Now you will notice that most of the churches Paul wrote to, okay, most of the churches Paul wrote to, he was writing to them to fix some problems right particular to the church that like he had heard from the household of chloe that this and bad things happening in corinth and then uh, people were dying in uh, thessalonica and the, their end had not come do you get it so their their hearts were beginning to sink so he had to write to them to tell them that look we shall not all sleep the dead in christ shall rise first and he talks to them about the end times okay he writes to timothy to warn him about the dangers that are coming in the end of days so you see that a lot of Paul's letters, uh, he, he wrote to address issues in the churches. But the letter to Ephesians, one, the way he begins the letter, look at the scripture. Ephesians 1, 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So he's telling the Ephesians that, look, God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing blessing in heavenly places in christ okay go to the next one that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of oh no 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 go to three and then go to four so he says that god ephesians 1 3 ephesians 1 3 now move to four just as he chose us in him he's telling the ephesians that god chose us in christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love okay now the, the, the what i'm trying to get you is that a church which is already fully blessed okay that that god has chosen them in him before the foundation of the world what else do, do you need to tell them hallelujah he said like you guys i don't find a problem to tell you but there's one thing i've been doing for you go back to verse 17 so the church in Ephesus which is filled with what? all the spiritual blessing heavenly places in Christ Jesus 
the only thing that he's praying for them for is to, to what? For them to what? Even see what they know. For them to for, for them to catch what they already have. Because you, you guys don't know how powerful you are. You don't know how much God has lifted you up. But you need your eyes to be open to be able to see. That it may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. So, so, so in other words, when we talk about growing in our knowledge of God and to hear from him, we are not talking about Christians who are struggling with the, with, with, with the uh, in other words, it, it, don't think that it is above you to be told this instruction. Because the Ephesians were way up there. The way the letter opened. Hallelujah. But then, when you look at Galatians, right from chapter 1, Paul started firing. That all foolish Galatians, but he didn't say that to the <laughs> Ephesians. Do you get it? He didn't have any such burning issue to address. So his heart was free. He said, oh, look, if there's one good and best thing I will wish for you, is that you will know you can hear from God. Is that you have the spirit of revelation. That you may, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your eyes to be enlightened. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the, you see, this scripture is often misquoted. We often say that we will know the hope of our calling. But that's not what the scripture says. That we know the hope of God's calling. The moment you make yourself the subject of the sentence, you misplace the whole assignment. God is the subject of the sentence. We are the objects. It's God who called us. Hallelujah. So the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory once again, his inheritance in the sin. So, so, you see, the emphasis is on what God is doing in us. Do you get it? So, if your eyes are enlightened, then, that God, then you begin to see that actually, it's not just that you are waiting one day to inherit something from God. But not knowing that God himself has an inheritance in you. Because God is going to be glorified. One there is a difficult problem to be solved. And somehow, you have the answer to that. God is going to be glorified. When people are wondering, what is this person who appears weird? You know, you, you sometimes you sneak out of some of the functions at the workplace. They don't understand what's going on. But then whenever there's a difficult puzzle or something, you seem to know that the people are now going to begin to get to know you. They are trying to find what is behind this person. And they're going to find that this person is actually, as they call it, very religious. Amen. Amen. So what I'm saying is that when we begin to hear the voice of God, the Bible said the whole creation is craving for the manifestation of the sons of God. The Bible also says that as many as are what? Led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So then the more we can hear from God, it is going to bring a revelation of a glory. And when we say that the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas, it is going to be us. It's going to be a, a, a body of people who finally grow in intimacy with God. So much so that we know his heartbeat. We know where he's leaning. Hallelujah. We know, we know, we know what is coming on the next scene. And then we become a much sought after group of people then that inheritance of God in you begin to pass. So when we are talking about knowing the secret of God, please keep in mind that what God may be seeking to reveal to us, it, it can be from a big spectrum, from small, small, minute things, as in, don't take Cleveland uh, to downtown Columbus today. 
there's a, a serious something there. Take High Street. Do you get it? It can go all the way to the level of even county level, regional level, denomination level. It can go to your family line level. It can be a secret that has to do with the whole nation. It can be a secret that has to do with the whole return of Christ. In other words, don't leave any limit as to what God can reveal to you. But as he becomes your friend and you grow in relationship with him, then sometimes, just as you are with your friend, casually you are talking and something will slip out of your mouth. This is what we need to cultivate. That it, the prayer we are talking about is not always the shouting prayer, kaya, baya. No, 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 no. That is part of it. And by the way, I want us to read this scripture and then we will close. First Corinthians chapter 14. Prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. First Corinthians chapter 14. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So you realize that you realize that love and spiritual gifts are not a dichotomy are not mutually exclusive are not that okay as for me i don't speak in tongues or i don't have this prophetic gift so i don't have this spiritual gift but i'm i'm full of love and that's all that i want you see he said we should pursue love first Corinthians 13 but it does not it does not prevent you from also seeking spiritual gifts. he said pursue love and desire spiritual gifts so, so you, you can have both. There's no reason to say, as for me, because I remember a long time ago, my, my sister, one of, one of my sisters said that she was, uh, she, she said, when he hear, she hears people speaking in tongues, she said the whole thing sounds very strange and she doesn't want it. Amen. So I just decided to relax about it, not try to. But sometime later, and we were talking, she was talking about tongues. And I said, hey, when did you now believe in tongues? It's oh, rather I bought tongues, but I speak in tongues, but I said, really? I didn't know what happened. But the thing is that some people have a problem with spiritual th- uh, gifts and they think it's weird. But this scripture says you can have both what you, we, 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 uh, the, the world understands and then there's a secret a mystery also about spiritual gifts. But especially that you may prophesy, add verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Hallelujah. We said that thing three weeks ago. So there's an the, 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 the aspect of tongue that is you are speaking to God. The intention is not to speak to a man, but you are speaking mysteries to God. For no one understands him how, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. Okay? So now we want to jump to verse 13. There's tongues for speaking, speaking to God, praying to God. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. So, so now, this scripture, maybe let's come, uh, take it to 15. Okay, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I also will sing with the understanding. Once again, he's saying we should do both praying with the understanding and praying with the spirit. Both are recommended. Hallelujah. But the point I want to make in connection to this point number five prayer is the key to discovering important secrets of God. You see, I was saying that the, the secret of God may come in different ways. And I'm showing you from this scripture, one of the ways will be by interpretation of tongues. So the secret that you may be seeking God for, it may come from one day you are praying in tongues and you have an inner knowing that God is trying to give you a message. And then you ask God, what does this tongue mean? 
and then as you pray in tongues for a while you are quiet in his presence and, and you pause for a moment the interpretation may come and that may be a secret that God is trying to tell you put your hands together unto the Lord wonderful let's bring the Lord an offering we thank the Lord we strongly urge us to do test to give so that it will save us from we don't have any of the treasures here but on the other hand if you don't have things to give you can also give the traditional way father we want to thank you so much for touching us and for bringing your word to us we present it to you lord also of our substance may you receive it and bring honor to your name promote your work dear lord through jesus our lord amen